Hello, everybody. It's the Farmer Show. I am your host, Elizabeth Archer, broadcasting live from my house because I'm home with a sick kid. Uh, so shout out, as always, to my daughter, May, whose high fever is not impacting her high spirits. That also means that at any point during this live radio broadcast, I may be interrupted by a sick five-year-old. So you never know what's going to happen on live radio. I want to give a special shout out to Eddie in the Silo studio, who is engineering the show for us. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, Eddie to uh, make this happen for us. And he's giving me the thumbs up because Zoom continues to be a miracle. My guests today are Caroline Radice and Bridget Harrington. We are going to talk about the Good Farm Fund, which is an organization that is near and dear to my heart. And I'm sure it is to anyone who knows about it. And if you don't know about it, you're going to learn about it. Caroline is the owner and operator of Black Dog Farm and Catering and is a founding member of the Good Farm Fund. Bridget owns Patrona Restaurant in Ukiah and is an active member of the Good Farm Fund Steering Committee. So it's going to be a great show. Caroline, let's start with you. Can you explain how the Good Farm Fund came to exist? Like, what is the Good Farm Fund for people who have never heard of it? I sure can. And Elizabeth, thanks so much for having me on. Um, I'm actually calling into the radio from the kitchen today. And so I agree. Zoom is a true miracle. Um the Good Farm Fund is a fiscally sponsored project of North Coast Opportunities. Um, so we were start we started seven years ago, and it was interesting because several people in the community had the idea had similar ideas at the same time to do similar kind of work, and we all kind of conglomerated with each other. Um, so what I was noticing is that. As a farmer, I was um, broke. <laughs> I, I was I was very poor because farmers do not make a lot of money farming. Um, shocking you, information, Carol. You, you know, really shocking. And you end up in this really tricky cycle where if you have a small startup farm business, um, you end up in a tricky cycle where since you're living at poverty wages you don't have enough money to invest into your business to business to grow it to make it large enough to support you better and so you just kind of end up doing things the wrong way for a long time or like you end up just kind of like stuck you end up stuck for quite a while um and i had seen a lot of other i had seen like a lot of other programs and there were a lot of other farm support services that were happening and i kind of I kind of just thought one day, like, boy, why don't we just have fundraisers for all the, like, we should just fundraise for ourselves. This was around the time that, um, for people who have lived here for a long time, Love and Mama Farm was trying to buy a property because they were having, yeah. uh, this is a farm, this is a farm that was like one of the farms that a lot of the younger farmers really looked up to because they really seemed like they had it together. Their produce was beautiful. They had, so many different crops that they grew they were really popular at the ukiah farmers market and they were really lovely and they ran into an issue where something happened to their lease and they were looking for a new property but they ended up in a space where they were frantically trying to fundraise because land costs are so expensive here um that they were trying to fundraise to buy a property unfortunately they did not end up being able to uh 
achieve what they were looking for and they moved out of the state. Um, but at that time, I was watching a lot of this fundraising thinking, boy, I think all of us actually need help, like every single person that is running a small farm. And my experience is as a vegetable farmer also, I specialize in uh, annual annual vegetables and some annual fruits. Uh, but so I like a lot of the time when I'm speaking about this, that's where I'm coming from. Um, and I may not have quite as much information about what it's like to be a rancher um, or another kind of food business. But uh, I talked to, so I thought it was a brilliant idea. And I think I talked to Michael Foley at the Willits Farmer's Market the next day. He's the Willits Farmer's Market manager. And I was like, why don't we just, step, we should have fundraisers for all of us. I bet we could do that. It would be really helpful if we actually just did this. Because um, a lot of the time we see that, we see, I think nationally that small farms are struggling and a lot of people want them to do well and we want to support them. And we have very, there are a lot of different types of programs that support them and a lot of ways of supporting them. Some of them look at very broad, like big picture, like trying to address like the big picture of the food system and how are we going to change it to support uh small farmers that that would be a project for instance like the food hub the mendel lake food hub where it's like trying to create a new system that works better for small farmers um having this distribution network but what we really specialize in at good farm fund is instead of having something that takes many many years and a lot of money and staff time and is like a big picture long-term project we want to just give farmers money now because a lot of these farms are living in poverty. A lot of the farmers or farm workers are living in poverty now. And what we may have five years from now or 10 years from now doesn't matter at all. Um, it, because it's a matter of like, how are we going to buy, how are we going to buy the irrigation pieces that we need to set up the next season's plantings because there's no money in the bank. Uh, it's like micro grants essentially yeah it is that is what it is um and i personally find it a very inspiring form of i think it's a very inspiring form of support to give a project where um you're kind of trusting that the farmer or the business owner is very intelligent and knows what they're doing with their business and that if you just give them some money i i do think the majority a, a huge amount of social issues can be solved if you just give give it money um, um, money with no <laughs> yeah yeah like money with very few restrictions right, uh, right and so it's a really direct way of doing nonprofit service work and it also so it means we're very grassroots we have a lot of volunteers that work with us like 99% of what we do is volunteer driven. And basically everything we do is fundraise money and give it right to the projects that we're trying to support. Um, so there's very little overhead. Um, very cool. yeah. We're going to talk some more about the funding mechanisms and the events, but first I want to talk with Bridget. Hello, Bridget. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. Um, how did you come to be involved with the Good Farm Fund? Because you are a very active 
steering committee member. You're at all the events. You help cook all the events. <laughs> all the meetings. So, like, how did you get involved, and why is it so important to you? Well, it's funny. I mean, as Caroline mentioned, it seems like about seven years ago, lots of people were kind of thinking the same thoughts about farmers and our community and um, things that were necessary and things that were lacking. And, um, you know, as a restaurant owner, I know a lot of farmers and interact with a lot of farmers. And um, I go to Renaissance Market quite a bit because it's in my neighborhood. And Scott Craddy used to own it. And he was the manager of the Ukiah Farmers Market. And I go in there and just, you know, dish with him about all kinds of subjects. And um, one day, you know, we were talking about farmers and, you know, just how great it would be if we could pool resources and um, sort of come up with different ways that um, both financial and equipment resources could be shared between farmers and that there could be more of a dialogue between everybody and a working together. And, you know, so we just kind of had these conversations quite often. And, and then this one day, you know, we were really going off about it. And he said, you know, um, Sarah Bodner and Caroline Radice and some others are, you know, we're thinking about doing this event maybe. And, you know, why don't you come to the meeting? So, he asked me if I knew them, and I didn't. And I'm so glad I got to know them, especially you, Caroline. It's been so fun. I know. Seven years of hanging out with Caroline. I know. It's so, a love fest. I, one of my favorite parts of the Good Farm Fund, um, for anyone who doesn't know, we, we host a lot of farm to table dinners. We took a break during the pandemic because it was almost impossible to figure out how to even host a dinner. Um, but I still remember, I think after the first winter feast, so we have a couple different major events. There's a summer event that is um, where farmers and chefs are paired together and it's a lot of different kind of cocktail stations, like small bite stations. And uh, the event that I've been heavily involved with since it's started it actually this the winter feast has been a fundraiser since a year before the good farm fund even existed because we originally just fundra fundraised for the ukiah farmers market market match program i think that scott craddy and ben wolf started it together and um jason pluck who many of you guys know who i cook with and is in the kitchen right now shout out to jason um, i'm like looking at him over cooking me um jason I and I, jason i think like cooked a whole pig for that it was great um so we we've been doing this for many years but i still remember the first event where i cooked with bridget and i had like taken because oh so i skipped up uh, i skipped a part which is the winter feast is really fun because it's a collaboration between a bunch of different chefs so instead of all of us cooking one thing that's separate to like show off our business we really just work together to like come up with a menu that sounds delicious and it's it's my absolute favorite thing to do with all these people that are so talented and we don't usually get to work together because we all own separate businesses. Um, I still remember calling my parents. So to be like, I just cooked dinner with the owner of Patrona. Oh, 
because I like take it, that was like the fancy place I would take them out to dinner when they would come and visit. That's the fancy place I take my parents when they come. That one is like Patron. It was like right there with me. We were cooking together. It was great. <laughs> well, we weren't going to talk about the winter feast until a little bit later in the show, but it has come up organically. So let's talk about it. There is a winter feast. Uh, on December 6th at Barra of Mendocino, which is where it has always been. Um, Mendocino County has a lot of awesome events, and I go to a lot of those events, and I've helped plan a lot of those events. And I have to say that the Winter Feast is its the best one. It just is. Like, that's just an objective truth. <laughs> it's the best I one. I agree. It's just the best. So I can you it. talk a little bit about the winter feast? Bridget, maybe you can tell us, um, give us some hints about what's on the menu. Yeah, well, um, we're going to be doing a Mediterranean slash Middle Eastern inspired flavors Yum. here. Yeah, which we're really excited about. Um, and Olin Cox is bringing his wood burning oven. Ooh. So, yeah, which is fantastic because we plan to roll uh, flatbreads to go with this succulent, amazing braised lamb, which will be on the menu from Ruthie King. Ooh, um, Ruthie's lamb. Ruthie's that. lamb. I'll let Caroline talk more about that. But, yeah, hope hopefully we're going to be running, um, you know, lots of flatbreads through and roasted vegetables and just getting you know not only the kind of mediterranean flavors but also cooking methods and so um it's a kind of a new uh addition for us and we're really excited about it and it's a bar of mendocino it's on december 6th and it always sells out yeah. yes it does always sell out and it so, sells out not the day of it sells out in advance so do not yeah. laugh don't um, sleep on this event if you want to go. What else will be happening at the event? Is there live music? Is there an auction? It's interesting because there's so many. This event is really amazing because of how many, uh, how many different chefs, farmers, community members. There are so many people who are involved. And so when you just asked that, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is not happening at this event? <laughs> um, so Clay, the Clay Hawkins duo is going to do live music. Um, I'm sure a lot of the locals have heard of Clay because um, he plays around a lot from Redwood Valley. Um, we will also have a silent auction. One of my dear friends is putting together these amazing holiday gift baskets of local goodies. Oh, wait, it's my dear friend Elizabeth who's interviewing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a totally unbiased host. On this. I'm, never, I'm never an unbiased host. Um, um, yeah, I am involved in this event. You blew my cover. So <laughs> this event is so amazing because we ask um, basically all sorts of farms and all sorts of chefs if they want to just come and cook with us, and we use mainly donated or heavily discounted ingredients that farms have in abundance. So farmers are giving us things at cost or they're donating seconds um, 
or they're just donating things that like need to get used. And then all of the chefs that you see involved, these people are all donating their time to this. Um, so it's really, it's really amazing seeing how many people just choose to do this. Um, cause the, it's because the, I think the mission is so meaningful and supporting local food and local food access is something that we all care about a lot. Um, and also it's very fun. This is kind of just like a big holiday community dinner where we can all get together and have a really nice warm community meal. Um, we don't make, we have kind of sliding scale tickets. So they're hopefully not like, we're really trying to stay away from a very, uh, like high-end fundraiser vibe that's too expensive for people to be able to feel like they can attend. Um, so hopefully the tickets are affordable. Um, Where can people learn more? Oh yeah, goodfarmfund.org. It's all at goodfarmfund.org. Easy to remember. Let's take a quick second to introduce us. This is the Farm and Garden Show. I am your host, Elizabeth Archer. We're talking about the Good Farm Fund today with Caroline Radice and Bridget Harrington. If you have a burning question about the Good Farm Fund or Patrona or Black Dog Farm and Catering or anything at all, really, give us a call, 707-895-2448. Caroline, you mentioned earlier that Good Farm Fund is a fiscally sponsored program of North Coast Opportunities, which is the community action agency that serves the area. What does that entail? That's a great question, and I I wonder if I can explain it concisely. You'd think after seven years, I would be able to explain it really concisely. (laughs) What it means, um, we are not our own independent nonprofit because there are certain things that a nonprofit organization has to have to be federally recognized, and some of that, that has to do with HR and accounting. I don't know exactly what it is, and that's partly why it's not my job and we don't do it. <laughs> That's what it's, HO it's or NCO does. That is what NCO be, does. Yeah. There's a there's some really important uh legal there's like legal things that we need for the IRS and the government. And that's what they help us maintain. Um And so they kind of take us under the umbrella of all the good work that they do in the community because we fit in with a lot of the projects and programs that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we work very closely with the Food Hub and a lot of the people that are volunteering at this event and our volunteers on our steering committee are involved with other NCO programs. So there's a lot of overlap and it makes sense for us to be kind of nested in with a lot of the food systems work that they do. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Um, they do some serious stuff for the IRS that I don't understand. <laughs> well, and Elizabeth, I'd like to say that that's a big, uh, enjoyable part of being part of the steering committee is that, you know, you've been on so many of these boards and um, visionary groups that have to get so bogged down in figuring out all of this, you know, legal stuff and yes, yes, the finances and all of these things that aren't really part of, you know, at least for me, what I'm interested in, where I want to go, where I want to put my energy. And, and it's really a lot of times it's just been intolerable to be part of it because it's so time consuming. The Good Farm Fund, our group, and largely because NCO does so much of that heavy lifting, 
we are able to to get together we put ideas together we you know dole out responsibilities and make it happen and it's it's really comparatively so effortless and and so it stays really fun it's so really what i hear is that nco does all the boring stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> means yeah, the, the technical stuff yeah uh, uh, huge yeah, props to everyone in the admin department it's great oh well i'm really glad to hear you describe it as a fun thing to be involved in because it is fun to do good work on behalf of small farmers i i think yeah um, so speaking of those small farmers how much money in micro grants has the good farm fund given out since it started in 2015. we have given out over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to more than 60 farms and wow. this is mainly for capacity building infrastructure projects like fences uh walk-in coolers things like that and what what's the application process like there's an application that's posted on the farm grants tab of goodfarmfund.org um it's a couple page, pages long and it mainly asks some questions about what the project is and it tries to get a snapshot of what your farm business looks like and the impact the project that will have the, the impact the project will have on your farm it's interesting because we i usually work with the farm grant committee to application guidelines once a year and we will be putting the application i like just got a text about this earlier today the application will be available on our on the website at goodfarmfund.org on december 15th um okay. so we'll That's do the period is opening up yeah and it'll be open from december 15th to january 15th and then we'll be uh reviewing the applications and mailing out checks after that so some folks may remember we used to do it a little earlier in the fall um for any farmers that have applied who might be listening we pushed it back a little bit uh just because it is hard to do the farm grant cycle and this fundraiser at the same time sure. so it's just a matter of timing but we're still doing it and it, it still is happening and is the application available in other languages it's available in spanish yes i don't mm -hmm. think either are up on the website right this second though i think that the last i checked they're not on the website and that they don't get posted until december 15th so you mentioned earlier that there are you know other programs available to support farmers but that they tend to be kind of like long range or kind of complicated, um, a lot of hoops to jump through, and that the Good Farm Fund really focused on like eliminating most of those barriers um, and just like giving people money without very many strings attached and trusting them to do what they need to do with it. So what are, are there like grant reporting requirements? Yeah, it's very straightforward though, where basically you send us some pictures of what you did and um there are a couple basic questions about how the project impacted your farm and it really is just it's for a couple things it helps us a lot with fundraising to show that what we're doing makes a difference mm -hmm. uh, and it and it does make a difference but when we hear we have multiple farm businesses that have said we wouldn't exist without the good farm fund um 
there are, I mean, that I've heard that from multiple farms that have said this grant makes made such a difference. Our business wouldn't be here without the Good Farm Fund because it, it, it buys something like if mm-hmm. you have a vegetable farm that doesn't own a walk-in cooler and is piecing together like used refrigerators from Craigslist or some kind of silly stuff like that. And this is very common. This is like what a newish farm will do. Um, your workflow is so complicated and so inefficient and you don't have the storage that you need and the quality isn't what it should be. If you buy that farm a cooler, it just is a game changer where they can grow more, it stays higher quality, and then we all get to eat more of it and it's delicious. Um, so what so are, it's, it's like a win-win-win for a lot of, it's a win on a lot of different levels. Right, because the Good Farm Fund wants to support small farmers, but it also wants to support the local food shed by increasing capacity, um, yep. which is really for the benefit of everybody. Yeah. Um, Speaking of something that is multi-tiered beneficial, Good Farm Fund also supports the Market Match program. Can one of you explain what that is? Well, Market Match is an amazing program where CalFresh users can uh, swipe their card at Mendocino County Farmers Markets and some of the Lake County, but I don't have them memorized. But I do know that all the Mendocino County Farmers Markets, you can swipe your card at the Market Manager booth for up to $30 and you get match tokens where it's like a little wooden coin that you can spend just like money from the market manager for another $30. So you double your money. Um, your $30 turns into $60 and then you can shop at the different farmers market booths with those coins. So it's really common as a farmer, you have a big stack of all these different coins, the wooden coins that you've gotten from um, market match and from Cal- the CalFresh original dollars. And then you cash them out at the end of the market when you pay your stall fees. So it benefits. There's a lot to spend at a farmer's market. And that it is huge. <laughs> As a farmer and someone who works farmer's markets, it is a huge, it's huge. Like we, we have, I don't know what we would do if that weren't part of our revenue, but also it just, it feels really good as a farmer when you get to be part of that program happening. Um, yeah. like, this is why I wanted to do this. This is great. And then the shoppers are also, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the shoppers are also happy too, because it's affordable and better quality than the grocery store. Well, and it's literally, I mean, I'm not going to walk into Safeway and be like, Hey, will you give me an extra $30 to shop here? (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's not happening anywhere else. So I'm talking, I'm getting a text from one of our, donors right now um oh, perfect segue because i was just about to say how does the good farm fund fund so, itself? so I love part, of what, part of what we're doing for part of what we do for market match um over the years we've fundraised in dis- different capacities but right now we partner with another program at nco where they they we provide the community match for a large grant that they apply for and administer every year so we do like a small a small fraction of it. But um, for our fundraising this year for Market Match that we're doing, we do have a golden ticket raffle that we're gonna, that one of our donors donated to this event where we're gonna be raffling off a five night vacation to Costa Rica. Um, that uh, 
one of our supporters donate it because they support they support uh everything about this program and thank you so much to that private donor it's absolutely amazing and also it's about the sweetest raffle i've heard of in a long time so yeah. we sell we sell a limited number of tickets for this raffle and um all combined it'll help us fundraise everything we need to support our part of the market match for another year amazing. and um and someone will get a trip to, to Costa Rica. Right. This yeah. is a, I feel like everything with the Good Farm Fund is just like, win, win, win. Everybody wins. It's like, yeah. Oprah, you get yeah. a market match and you get I know, a I know. And you get a farm <laughs> that isn't going to go under. And, you know, it's interesting because this reminds me a, a while ago, and it reminds me of what Bridget was just saying. Ruthie King, who is connected with... Um, the Good Farm Fund also, and has gotten a grant and has also helped with basically all the fundraisers we've ever done. We're going to be getting lamb from her for this event. Uh, we'll be featuring her lamb. But she had mentioned that a lot of what the Good Farm Fund does is kind of like back in the day, we used to have Farmers Guild meetings once a month, um, often at the Willits Grange, where it was just kind of like a farmer's social group, where we'd have a potluck and there would be a a whiteboard that was the I have and I need board and people would write things they had and they'd write things they need. And the idea was just kind of connecting and sharing resources with each other. And I think in the way the Good Farm Fund does this, especially with um, this fundraiser coming up, is that if someone has something like a donor who has, um, like a donor who decides to donate a stay at their vacation rental in Costa Rica, that can help connect with all the fundraising we need to do for uh, market match. So it's kind of like this idea that if we all work together as a community, we have what we need to build the world that we want to live in. And that if we like work together and collaborate and communicate with each other, we actually have all of what we need here. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's a big <laughs> version of Farmer's Guild. But so if anyone is listening and they're thinking, oh, I have something that maybe you want to donate to uh, the Good Farm Fund, either um, you can be you can become a donor if you like, and we'll talk about that in a moment, or if you make any like value added products that you want to donate to the local goods baskets that we're going to be uh, auctioning off at the December sixth event, um, you can email. Is it Good Farm Fund at gmail dot com? Yeah. Or you can just email and say like, "Hey, you're doing great." <laughs> I kind <laughs> of like to get a high five email. Yeah, I kind of have a side tangent that is one of my agenda items, like my secret agenda for doing this radio show with you today, Elizabeth. Okay, I'm hit me. Okay, which is that I think it is it is really amazing seeing the people who are small business owners who are out doing the work that we're talking about like they actually they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk and i really want to give a shout out to bridget and patrona for being a restaurant right in downtown ukiah that consistently supports local farms and also is delicious and has amazing food um bridget is one of the restaurant owners who talks about wanting to buy local and feature food from local farms she consistently does like I know because 
my farm co-workers, Catherine and Donald and Sarah, like grew a lot of the, like they, they grow produce for Patrona. And so I can like actually vouch, like it's, it's really, it is really happening. And, uh, it's just really inspiring to see those business owners doing that. And so I think a big part of, um, when I see someone like this volunteering so much of their time, I just want to direct the community to say, like, if you if you want to if you want to thank Bridget, like, go go to Patronet. You're you are helping you're helping that business, but also you're helping local farms that she's purchasing from. Um, you're you're like it's doing also your just delicious. It's also delicious. Patrona is amazing. That's a good reason to go. Well, thank you, Karen. Mostly, I just wanted to say a bunch of nice things about Bridget. <laughs> uh, well, what I would like to say is that, you know, the the part about it being a community and being part of community, I mean, it it's always been, you know, of paramount interest to me. But let me tell you, you know, when COVID came and things were not so prevalent on the shelves at Safeway and the co-op and flour was hard to find, but we could get Mendocino flour, um, you know, and we had our farmers here that were still, you know, getting food to us. It, it became just even more like, oh my goodness, our community, we have to all take care of each other. We need to, um, you know, make sure that we're all doing good and we're sustaining our our food shed our food system but we're sustaining each other and i mean it's it's not only the way that we're gonna you know be successful but it, it's it's fun and it's great to be together and uh you know support each other so yeah absolutely that, local, that's that's why i like local, it. yeah but I mean, my my all gratitude is to the farmers. So it is so hard to be a farmer. I mean, this is not like revolutionary to say on the Farm and Garden Show, but Mendocino County has a series of like very small farms. We don't we have large vineyards, and even then, I would say we don't have extremely large vineyards. Um, and maybe we have some, you know, like larger cannabis grows, and even then, I don't think we have any particularly enormous cannabis grows, but from a vegetable farmer perspective, like most of our farms are a half acre. <laughs> yeah. I do think that we have a history. We have like a history here of very, of more homestead type farming. Yeah. And I think this is just a hypothesis, but I feel like it stems from all of the, of like the way that people grew cannabis here for decades when it was still uh, prohibited. Sort of a, the back to the landers brought us home yeah. setting. Yeah. yeah, but also things like the Good Farm Fund and a supportive community allow some of those homesteaders who are interested to grow into a farm business. Yeah. Um, so I think there have been, you know, quite a few applicants to the Good Farm Fund over the years who have been really tiny or maybe brand new or want to get into farming. And they just, they need a little bit of an investment Mommy, to get it off the ground. I have a nice big kid in my lap, and she's informed me that my zippers don't feel good on her head. Oh, so, May is joining us for the Farm and Garden Show. My little sick babe, Hi, being very patient. Um, 
I was talking to one of the one of the farmers who I look up to a lot because she's a an amazing talented farmer, but also um, she's received a couple grants from the Good Farm Funds. Came in from Big Mesa Farm. Um, she mentioned a couple things when I was talking to her this week that I think were worth are worth repeating here. Where um, one of them was that farms are community projects and that this is not about supporting single entrepreneurship capitalism this is about us building um the food system that we want to live in and she was also talking about how this is a way that we can build the world that we want to live in like if we want to live if we want to live in a certain kind of world like we don't have to i think sometimes reading national news or international news it can feel overwhelming like it's impossible to like make a difference or fight climate change or or whatever like it can feel impossible and overwhelming this is a very direct way that we are in real time making changes in our community and making it in like the place that we want to live and it's very powerful and I think that that applies beyond farms. Um, you know, certainly mm-hmm. the holidays upon us, people are starting to do shopping, and it makes a difference if you shop locally. It really is hugely impactful if you are do thoughtful purchasing from small local stores, um, and that is also part of building the world you want to live in. Yep. Um, so I, the fundraisers are amazing. The events are so much fun. They really are. But that is not the only way that Good Farm Fund is funding itself because fundraisers, while they can make some money, um, don't make enough money for the scale of the, the micro-grant operation you're running. So I know that Good Farm Fund is also supported by some major community donors, if you'd like to give some of them a shout-out. Yeah, thanks so much. We do have some perennial sponsors that help uh, help support us every single year. And are major donors and so thank you so much to redwood credit union we also received funding for from the california fire foundation that helped with last the last grant cycle and that will also be part of this next year's grant cycle and ukai natural foods also just did a roundup at the register where uh customers were able to round up their spare change and that was a major donation that just came in so these local businesses really play, uh, they play a big part. And community members can also give one-time donations or be sustaining donors, monthly donors. So there's lots of opportunities to support Mm -hmm. the good kind of them. Um, It's interesting you mentioned the California Fire Foundation. Those grants were specific for um, fire preparation, right? Yeah, it was for fire. It was either for fire recovery or prevention. Um, so there are a lot of farms I'm bringing up my list of awardees right now. There are a lot of farms who use practice farmers and ranchers who use practices that help a lot with fire mitigation. For instance, Ruthie, who, whose lamb will be featuring at the winter feast, um, received a grant in this last grant cycle. She is a shepherd and has sheep that graze and it when she has her gosh i am not a rancher and i don't know the technical terms for all these things but when she has her flock of sheep come through 
um, they graze down a lot of the brush and help prevent fires from being quite so uh, damaging. I know in the Mendocino complex fire, I think the Hopland Research and Extension Center had had fire on part of their property and they do a lot of grazing research there. And just as like, uh, I just was look following this as uh, an interested civilian, but they posted some really interesting videos showing where sheep had grazed and where they hadn't. And you could see how the fire burned hotter in the places where the sheep had not been grazing because there's so much underbrush. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, seems like the Good Farm Fund is doing good stuff on farms all over Lake and Mendocino counties. Um, and it's just it's such a cool organization. And I'm really honored that you came on the show today. Um, let's one more time let folks know about the upcoming event. Drop some beats. So we have an amazing event coming up on December 6th. It's the Winter Feast. It's a collaboration between a whole bunch of local farms and chefs. It's a farm-to-table dinner, uh, family-style service. It's from 5 to 9 p.m. It will have live music and all kinds of fun holiday goodies you can purchase. And it really will be wonderful. And you can find out more at goodfarmfund.org. Muted. If you're a small farmer um, who is maybe hearing about Good Farm Fund for the first time or being reminded of it, uh, where can they apply for uh, Good Farm Fund micro grants? You can go to goodfarmfund.org and click on the Farm Grants page, but also you can just sign up for our newsletter on our website. Um, around this time of year, I get a lot of texts from people saying, hey, when are we going to open for grants? Just sign up for the newsletter, and I promise you we will send out a newsletter when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, it will not be open, and yeah, you won't miss it if you sign up for the newsletter. And last but certainly not least, for listeners who maybe are CalFresh recipients who are interested in the Market Match Program, where can they go to sign up for that? I don't know the answer of where to sign up for it. That's a great question. <laughs> I know you even have to sign up or can you just go to the, you go, market? you go, if you already are a CalFresh subscriber, you go to the market manager booth at your local farmer's market. So there's always a table for each of the Mendocino County farmer's market. There's a table that will be the farmer's market table. And you go to that table and talk to the market manager. So you and don't usually, have to pre-register in it. No, and if you can't, if you get to the farmer's market and you're like, I don't know who the market manager is, like, this is very confusing. Any of the vendors will point you in the right direction and you can just ask, um, where do I go if I'm, if I am wanting to do market match, can you point me to the market manager booth? Awesome. And well, that's every market in Mendocino, right? I think yes. so. Yes. And, and most of the markets in Lake County, I believe. So. Oh, I'm getting I am getting an update that uh, North Coast Opportunities offers assistance for signing up with CalFresh if you need it, because they do have staff there that helps with this. So just go to the North Coast Opportunities main office in Ukiah or give them yeah, a call? Yeah, it's at 413 North, North State Street, and you just go in and tell them that... Uh, 
I'm Are getting te- I'm getting texts from the NCO staff right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we hear you, and we want to yeah, give real time yeah. updates. Yeah, yeah. Go to NCO. It's at 413 North State. They have a front desk, and uh, Market Match is also available at some select farm stands and CSAs. And you can find out more at NCO. Cool. Well, Bridget Harrington and Caroline Radice of the Good Farm Fund, thank you so much for joining me today, and we'll see you on December 6th. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's been fun. Now I'm joined by Jen Dalton. For the end of the show, we are going to talk about a very cool job opportunity that is open until 1121, so that's just four days away. Um Jen owns Kitchen Table Consulting and works on farm-to-school programs statewide. The position is with the California Department of Food and Agriculture, which is CDFA for short, and it's the Farm-to-School Network Regional Lead for Mendocino, Lake, Del Norte, and Humboldt Counties. It's a remote position, so you work from home with occasional site visits. And it has a very nice salary and good benefits, and the funding doesn't expire so welcome jen thanks for joining me and can you tell me a little bit about the importance of this job hey elizabeth thanks for having me on do i sound okay i'm feeling echoey you sound good to me okay eddie Eddie, our intrepid engineer from the philo studio is giving thumbs up on sound excellent so actually there's two jobs that i would love to share about and um yeah i just heard of another one yesterday and i just am grateful that giving me a chance to let folks here in mendocino county and around know that they're possible so if um people are excited about the possibilities of increasing the amount of california grown locally grown um, minimally processed fresh food in schools these are the two jobs um, to consider the first one is um, with the California Department of Food and Ag, and it's working for the CDFA as a regional, um, essentially kind of like a grant analyst analyst for the farm to school program. The job is 100% remote, so you can work from anywhere, and it's to help coordinate farm to school grants um, on behalf of the CDFA for the counties of Mendocino, Lake, and Humboldt. And I just personally want to advocate for someone in Mendocino County to apply for this job because, A, it's just a really great job working for our government. It's a great job to help support um, all of the wonderful organizations um, within all of, you know our state that are applying for grants to increase farm-to-school um, meals for kids and um you know, just, it pays really well. So it does, um, pay, well. It does not, pay well. Public radio is weird. We're not, I don't, it's unclear to me when we can and can't say prices of things, but let's just say it's a nice salary. It's a nice salary to do good work. And the funding is forever from what I understand. So there Which was 60, is uncommon in the grant it, world. Typically it is. So expire. Yeah, and so $60 million was allocated for the CDFA to, to expand the farm-to-school program in California. So they're, they're essentially hiring 16 new positions for folks all across the state to do these regional, um, you know, kind of like coordinating positions. So I'm imagining there's some TA, there's some reporting, what have you, but that's a really great great job. And then $45 million in the state budget that was just passed in September is for a program called the California Healthy School Meals Pathway Program. And what the the point of that thing is, is to essentially 
promote the the profession of working in school food kitchens. And so it's being managed by the Chef and Foundation, which is a really awesome organization based out of Boulder, Colorado. And they essentially train food service workers to, um, you know, work with minimally processed foods and promote essentially more farm to school um, cooking in, in school kitchens. And that job is through the Chef Anne Foundation website, which is just, I think, caf.org. Um, again, it's, that one's a statewide job. And I mean, I think that, you know, obviously it's also remote, 100% full-time, good for someone who is passionate about school food and healthy school food, but also has some background in workforce development um, and is interested in working with the Chef Anne Foundation. So, because essentially the state budget um, that was passed in September has $600 million to help school districts improve their kitchen equipment and kitchen infrastructure so that they can, you know, do more with fresh, minimally processed and locally sourced, you know, food from our local farmers. So, these are, these all three these of these funding buckets are really meant to be working in tandem so that we're getting better food to our kids that are in public school. So as, which is also tied into the um, whole like free school meals for all that was just historically passed in California. I let's talk for a second about the free school meals for all. My daughter is in kindergarten. So it's her first year in the public school system. And she, she eats lunch at school every day. And the fact that every kid in California can now have lunch or and breakfast, actually, and they get snacks for free every day at school is truly revolutionary. Because even though there has been um, assistance or like a free lunch program for a lot of kids, there's always been a lot of stigma attached to if you, like, I can remember in elementary school looking at the kids who got the free, you know, didn't have to pay the dollar for their chicken nuggets. Um, like, why don't you have to pay, you know? And it's embarrassing. And a lot of kids will, would just go hungry rather than exercising their opportunity to have a free lunch. Now, all the kids get free lunch. There is, that stigma has been wiped away with just, like, one passage of this important bill. Um, and actually, it's really important for people listening who think, well, I don't need that, so I'm going to send my kid with a lunch. No. Let your kids eat at the school, because the more kids who eat at the school, the more funding your school gets, and the more normalized it is that all kids are eating um, those free meals. So California parents, send your kids to school with no packed lunch. Let them eat the lunches there. And it's good food. Yeah, I mean, it's nutritionally good. I think in in the past, people have, especially folks that are in essentially my generation, generation, uh, when am I, Gen Z or whatever I am, I don't know what I am, Generation X. No, you're not, you're not, no, I guess I'm not, like I'm 20. <laughs> I'm older. So, I think it's Gen X. I'm Gen X, but it, see, because I so don't care because I'm Gen X that I don't even know what it is. But anyway, um, <laughs> The thing is, is that there's always been this like, you know, bad rap for school food. And there's so many organizations working right now, especially in California, because of the passage of this bill to help elevate the quality of the school food. And that's why there's been all these like historic investments in trying to get more California grown and also, you know, small farm produced school food, you know, produce and what have you into school um, lunches because we want more kids to be eating these fresh fruits and vegetables that are grown right here in the breadbasket of America. So, um, 
you know, that's what all of this is about. So yes, it's all about the numbers. And so the more kids that are eating lunch at school, the more funding the schools get and the better quality of the food that they can provide. And now like the big fight is really to try to get more dollars per meal for um, school meals because they're getting like $4.25 per lunch right now. And it was really going to take about $6.15 or a little bit more to actually like afford that quality that we're looking for. But so many school food directors are working with the money that they have and doing really great food. So. Well, and I love that the second program or the second job you talked about is about training food service workers because staffing is an issue. Um, and there are more opportunities than ever to do from scratch cooking in, in, in schools. Uh, but you need a workforce who is trained and interested in, in that kind of work. So, um, yeah, I, always and I go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I've met so many school food workers and, you know, it's like, they're all in there doing this work because they care about the, the food that these kids are having and it's well-paid work. So, you know, this is really about elevating the, the profile of that profession and like reminding people that like, this is, this is work from the heart that is also, you know, requires a skilled workforce to, you know, bring fresh, yummy, healthy school food to kids. So, so really quickly, what are, just summarize those two positions again and where people can go to learn more information and don't delay because one of the positions at least is only open to apply for another four days. Yeah, I think that the, the, the job with the CDFA, which I think is just cdfa.org, and if you go to, you know, jobs, employment, and then it sends you to a link to like a Cal Jobs website, but just start with the California Department of Food and Ag. And you'll see that there are um, these farm to school jobs are broken up by region. And so you obviously want to pick the North Coast region one to look at the work for our region. Um, and then the second job is the California School um, Meals Pathway Program. That's the Chef and Foundation. So it's just Chef and Foundation, which I think is caf.org. Cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, it'd be amazing to get someone from Mendocino County or anybody else listening um, into this job. We certainly want uh, someone awesome in there. So yeah, we want well, someone awesome, happen. and we want someone who knows Lake County and Humboldt and Mendocino County and can really coordinate all three. Because you know, I think it's also it uh, covers Del Norte County as well. Does it? I thought it was I just think, the three. I, I looked quickly at the job description and. So maybe Del Norte as well, but hey, all you folks in Ukiah are looking for a job or not Ukiah, Mendocino County, like this is a great opportunity to work from home, meet great people, travel around our region and help people out. So cool. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Jen Dalton, for joining me today to talk about these awesome jobs. Thanks, Elizabeth. Take care. And thank all of you for listening to the Farm and Garden Show. It's been fun. If you are listening and you're interested in being a guest on the Farm and Garden Show, please send me an email at dj at kzyx.org. You can put farm and garden in the subject. I would love to talk to you. Um, I'll be back with you in two weeks. Right now, we're going to play a little song to finish us out. It's called Homegrown Tomatoes by Guy Clark. And after that, we'll have Democracy Now! Thank you again, Eddie, for engineering the show for me. Um, Eddie's in Philo, and the KZYX could not run without him and the other amazing staff. So thanks y'all and uh, happy Thanksgiving.
Homegrown tomatoes up in the morning, out in the garden. Get you ripe and don't get a heart. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. <laughs>